0: This is the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield.
1: It's the Blood Red Podcast, courtesy of the Liverpool Echo, I'm Guy Clark, welcome Along the red, spitten by the foxes in the hunt for the Premier League title 2021. A year of highs and lows for Liverpool. We'll be looking back on that. And a trip to Chelsea awaits as Liverpool in need of bridging the gap to leaders Man City in the title race. Here to get into all of that, we have the chief Ian Doyle, the face that runs the place, Joe Rimmer. And looking forward to bringing in the new year with some milk on his brand flakes for once. It's Matt Addison. Gents, I hope you're all well. The final pod of 2021. And I was just thinking, Joe, before we came on, I didn't want to ask Matt because I wanted to throw that at him. But I have to say, we're going to get into the highs and lows of 2021 in a bit. But taking into consideration, I'm pretty sure that was in this calendar year. That, that has to be
0: Blood Red's moment of the year, doesn't it? it? Has to be the lowest point of 2021, maybe the lowest point of anything of all time. Saying Brown flakes is your favourite serial is just... You know what? I don't know why Matt's still here. Perfect. So, <laughs> uh,
2: you know, after that,
0: that, there should be no comeback from
2: that. It wasn't that long ago, was it? It was only, uh, it was only what, two or three months ago, something like that, and, Is that uh, it? Yeah, it, it's just it's been mentioned that many times since. It, it feels like a lot longer.
1: All oh, right. No, I thought I thought it was, I was even considering <laughs> if it was even in this this calendar year. But what a uh, what a statement that was. What a year it has been. Uh, Doily, any, any word on that?
3: I said it all at the time. There's no more that needs to be added.
1: How much grief do you still get from that, by the way?
2: Oh, only from you guys, not really from anyone else. A couple of, uh, of replies on Twitter, but apart from that, it's... Uh, I don't know.
0: I,
3: I think it's so a So nowhere near and often. Yeah, it doesn't uh, sound like there isn't. bringing it back, in, back out in the open then. It, well, yeah. t- wasn't, it wasn't his favourite cereal. It was oh, what he would regard yes. as having one very much on a special so, yeah. occasion, which, of course, makes it even worse. And it which was, is New no,
1: Year's Eve, so...
2: Wasn't it wasn't a special occasion, was it? It was I had to eat it every day, three times a day for two weeks in quarantine. That's what it was.
1: No bots. that was definitely not it. That was not it. Yeah, that's <laughs> still not defensible. Anyway, let's get into what we're i here, tell so. you.
2: I'll tell you when it was. It was the first international break of the season when we were talking about Brazilian players having to be in quarantine. That's what it was.
1: Ah, that was when it was. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, all yeah. of that time ago. Well, anyway, let's get into what we're here for to talk football. And if anyone wants to send Matt a uh, tweet about Brown Flakes, it's at Matt Addison 97 Anyway, Doily, on to the matter in hand. On Monday's pod, we were talking about the title race and talking about a visit to Leicester upcoming for Liverpool and the fact they should be able to beat a rather depleted squad and continue kind of on the, uh, the coattails of Man City. Didn't quite work out like that, though.
3: No, and I hate to be the one that says, well, I told you so. Well on the way to the game and in our blog before the game and during the game it's one of these games you could see it coming a mile off what was going to happen uh tends to be the case when you have two teams who play each other in quite quick succession especially when you know okay i know Leicester had a game in between against man city but you know it's not as if they completely forgot what had happened at anfield six days earlier it wasn't good not on the pitch but certainly in the stands there wasn't a lot of love lost between the two sets of supporters kind of made for a slightly nasty atmosphere. You saw the way that Liverpool celebrated after the, uh, they won the penalty shootout pointedly towards the away fans. And kind of that carried on. I mean, Leicester were on a, you know, it was a no-lose no, no lose situation for them, was it? If they'd have lost, it would have been, well, we've got no players. But, you know, they managed to, to dig in and Liverpool showed last season that you don't necessarily have to have two, you know, over a longer period of time, it helps if you have got two centre-backs playing at centre-back. But you can get away every now and again with having two midfielders there and while I know Brendan Rodgers was <clears throat> praised for a technical masterclass it wasn't really was it it was basically just get everybody behind the ball and uh if we're still nil nil after about 55 minutes let's throw on some fast plays to stretch them a bit and that's exactly what happened and it was the fact that Liverpool missed a penalty missed a sitter missed a couple of other chances that's why they didn't win I mean Liverpool didn't play well at all it was the worst they played all season you know and uh only time will tell how much of a you know impact that makes on the title race. Although, if, if you mention it, you know, look at Man City, what are they now? Nine points clear? I mean, it's probably done, isn't it? Let's be honest. It's all done and dusted. So we may have just finished this pod and all go home for six months.
1: Yeah, go <laughs> so. No, Joe, that was a question I was going to ask you. Nine points. Is that a gap that can be drawn back against
0: this Man City side? Of course it is. I mean... I... <laughs> We're halfway through the season. It's very unlikely because, because Man City are very, very good. But, you know, it's it's them losing one game and Liverpool going to, to the Etihad and winning, isn't it? You know, and then obviously Liverpool have got to win other games. But I don't think six points is done and dusted. You know, if you don't forget in 2019 when Liverpool, I think Liverpool had a six-point advantage at one stage. City had games in hand and Liverpool drew two games at home. City won at the Etihad and it all swung, didn't it? So I don't, you know... I think people like to get very carried away. At the moment, everything feels massive, doesn't it? And that's what football's like at the moment, because you have these teams that are so good, and the way they compete against each other, you know, it's not like 10 or 15 years ago, where you know, Man United might lose five games in a season, and, and still win the league, with sort, sort of easy points. It's, it's, it's not like that anymore. Everything feels massive. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think it's done and dusted. Um, I think it would be very, very difficult, and Liverpool will have to play some of the best football, and, you know, I think Klopp said before, hasn't he that defend really, really well and you know, put in the perfect games at times. But yeah, I think I think it's I think there's a long, long way to go. And um, you know, one thing that Doyle should know better than anyone is not to write this Liverpool team off. I mean he's been there and seen it before, so let's not let's not sit here halfway through the season and do it. Um slightly disagree on the last game. I think there's been a lot made of how good Leicester were and how bad Liverpool were, but second half, yeah, I don't think Liverpool play very well, but Let's face it, you know, they missed a penalty, they missed the follow-up, um, where Salah heads onto the bar. Schmeichel made a really, really good save with his left hand to turn a Salah chance um over the bar. He made a good save with his foot late on against Van Dyke. Mane missed it. What I thought was a sitter. You know, I think you know, Liverpool looked tired at times and ran out of ideas in the second half where Leicester threw everything behind the ball, but Let's not forget, on another day, you'd expect Liverpool to take one or two of those chances, certainly score the penalty, and you're talking about a different game. So, again, I think people are getting a bit carried away with the performance. I don't think it was that, that bad. Liverpool were average in the second half, but they were by far the better side in the first half and had to pin back, and, and Leicester had a bit of luck. And, yeah, you know, they, they got the win, but let's not get carried away.
1: Yeah, what's well, your take, Matt, because I suppose going into the game, no Boxing Day match, Leicester obviously off the back of a bit of a hiding at the Etihad, Jürgen Klopp obviously having spoken about fixture congestion and whatnot. To me, it, it did feel as though a bit there, as doyle was kind of saying, there was kind of the recipe for something to then throw a spanner in the works. And I suppose that is what it is, isn't it? It's a setback, but perhaps not everything done and dusted. Are you Team doyle or team, team Joe Rimmer?
2: No, I think I, I agree with with bits of each of them, to be honest. I think in terms of, of the specific game itself, Liverpool didn't really look like getting back into it. I think, as Joe said, there was a couple of moments really where it just felt like it, it kind of went against Liverpool and at the same time kind of lifted Leicester. I think that the penalty is, is a big one. Obviously, that gets the crowd up. And there was a couple of other moments within the game which probably, as much as it harmed Liverpool by not scoring them, it probably helped Leicester in terms of sort of giving them a bit of hope in terms of, of the players but also in terms of, of the fans as well in in the ground I think a lot of them probably given that the injuries the the sort of team that they've got going into that match heading into the stadium probably would have, have taken a, a narrow one or two goal defeat I know that's obviously not a mentality that you want for for most games but I think having shipped six against Manchester City they've conceded plenty of, of goals this season from set pieces and, and various other things I think there was probably quite a few Leicester fans fearing the worst, really. And I think once two or three bits kind of go for you, it, it starts to, to build a little bit of, of belief that maybe it's it's not going to be quite as as difficult as as what you thought. They defended, obviously, well. They get a little bit lucky at times with, obviously, the penalty miss. It's well, Salah's first missed penalty in, what, 17 or 18 attempts, something like that. It's It, it just felt like a couple of, of the key moments went the wrong way for Liverpool. And, and like Joe said, it could have been if Salah had scored that penalty maybe Liverpool had taken one or two of the other chances we could be quite easily sat here talking about a, a three or four goal win so yeah it's it's narrow margins it's it's not over yet but at the same time I, I do agree with Doyle more really I think in terms of, of the title race it's it's going to be very difficult I think obviously the position that Liverpool are in they know they've got a game in hand but you'd rather have the points on the board I think the other difficult thing as well obviously we'll talk about Chelsea in a little bit but Liverpool have already played Chelsea and City at home. They've now got to go there and obviously do the the same thing again. And obviously, having drawn at home, you maybe don't fancy them as much to to go there and and win at those two places. So, look, if if Liverpool do win the league, it'll be a case of having to to probably go to at least one, if not both, of of Chelsea and City and win. And it's not impossible, but it's probably unlikely.
1: Yeah, Okay. Doily, in terms of if it is then the title race done... Where will Liverpool look back on it? Is it a lack of depth in midfield? I suppose in recent weeks, there has been a lot of disruption, obviously, around the virus. But the fact that, I suppose, Fabinho and Henderson were both back for the Leicester game, but both coming back in a bit colder, I suppose, maybe. Is it a case of the squad wasn't prepared, perhaps, well enough? I think
3: think it's probably the case that they don't have £600 billion like Manchester City, would probably be the reason
1: why. Simple as that, yeah. Right. Okay.
3: There is. There is. I can't add anything else to it. Let's face it. If it wasn't for Liverpool, um, and I know that obviously you'd have Everton, United fans who wouldn't agree with this at all. But if it wasn't for Liverpool. The last couple of years, the Premier League would have been, you know, even more boring than it actually has been. Let's be honest. They're the only team that's not like capable of challenging, challenging them, City. So, in that respect, I think over a longer period of time, you know, I would imagine some fans would probably be thanking Liverpool for making it more interesting than it actually is because. You look over at Germany. Look at Bayern Munich. What's happening over there? You know, from here we look at it and go, "Wow, Bayern Munich, great team." But I'm sure in Germany they go, "Oh, great, They're, they've won the league for about the thirteenth time in a row." And you've seen this season. And know there's the impact of coronavirus on on But there's more empty seats at stadiums. Uh, I don't think that's just entirely to do with 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 COVID. I think possibly there's a little bit of interest getting lost in the game, and that's what's happened when. Had almost a year of not being there, I think some people have reappraised things. And I think with, with City, I think if City I actually think that any season that Manchester City don't win the league or Paris Saint Germain in France, then the manager should be sacked.
1: Okay. <clears throat> so you reckon as this Liverpool team ages, then and if they don't get it right, then we're just ready for a monopoly of of Man City win well, after
3: Well the thing about that is that these monopolies don't go on forever, do they? You've seen that. Look at United. This was completely different. This because they just happened to be the best team with the best manager. And that went on for, what, 15, 20 years? Arsenal won the league a couple of times. and They looked like they could do it. And, you know, it stops Liverpool in the 70s and 80s, Evan, for a bit in the 80s. You know, th- these things do not go on forever. So there is that. Um, but there was... Uh, funny enough, there was, I'm not sure whether we're going to mention this. So I might ruin it in case you you already were thinking about it. There was an interesting... Um, interview, well, Jamie Carragher does his stuff in The Telegraph, doesn't he? And he was talking about Liverpool need to start looking at being a bit like Chelsea in terms of looking to win Cups. And I know they've got to the, the semi-finals of the of the League Cup uh, and the FA Cup starts next week. But he's right because Liverpool probably won't win the league this year, take up a massive effort to, to win the Champions League as far as I'm concerned. Although they've got every chance to get to the semi-finals, possibly even the final with the team that they got. They might end up winning nothing again. They won nothing last year. You know, I know they won the four trophies, the, the you know, the eighteen months before that. But then, this team deserves to be winning more than they are at the moment. And I think, you know, they got to a League Cup semi-final. The FA Cup is, as I say, that that's on the horizon. They need to be looking to start winning this because I'm not saying that they're going to give up on the league. There's no chance they are. They'll probably finish second. You know, but and City know that they're going to be the main rivals for them because I don't think Chelsea are actually as good as, you know, we've kind of seen that over the last say two months. They're not probably. Quite at that level. They overachieved last year winning the the Champions League, really, in a kind of a fake season, as it were. So I think that's kind of warped the expectations we should have from them. Liverpool and City are the best two teams. City are better than Liverpool, but Liverpool probably need to get more silverware to justify what they deserve for the talent that they've got.
1: The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Yeah, what's your take on that, Joe? Because I suppose with the Champions League, I might get lynched for, for saying this, but kind of get three trophies in one in winning the Super Cup and the Club World Cup off the back of it when Liverpool were, in in theory, superior to the, the Europa League winners, Chelsea. And then, obviously, the European side are always the favourites for the Club World Cup. But one Champions League, one Premier League, the, the real big ones that Liverpool have competed for, as well as, obviously, the two that I've, ad, I've added on to the Champions League win there. Has it been enough silverware for this Golden,
0: Liverpool, no, I think I think the totally spot on I read that Carragher column and thought he absolutely hit the nail on the head. And it's been one of my biggest frustrations really in recent years is you know, even looking back at the Leicester game the other night, the 3-3, I thought the team that Klopp picked in in the you know for the first half was just I thought it was a bit silly, really. You know, I I am not being disrespectful to the players he picked, you know, but putting a player like cometio in against an experienced Leicester team in the quarterfinals of competitions I, I just thought it just didn't feel right you know you then have to make changes anyway and bring people on but but yeah I, I totally agree with Carragher I think my biggest frustration with this Liverpool team is if Klopp leaves in however many years time two three years time um Liverpool have one One League, One One Champions League, and yeah, they won the you know the, the cup, World Cup and the, the Super Cup after that. But in terms of major trophies, One One League, One One Champions League, and then finish second, second, get to a semi final, another semi final, and that's just frustrating. You know, you want silverware to go along with that. Football's about moments. It's about days out. It's about you know anyone who's who's been to a cup final knows it's about those those occasions. And you know. We make jokes here, but I don't like the way the League Cup's dis- dismissed. I don't think we should dismiss the FA Cup. Liverpool should be in these competitions to win them. And I think, you know, I, I'm sure Klopp argue look, we don't have the squad you know, to, 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 to attack every trophy in the same way. Um, but for me, you know, if you get to the quarterfinal of a competition, you should be attacking it. You should be looking to, to win it. And, um, you know, in, in some respects, I don't know, Gorsi wrote in his third, that Liverpool lost the wrong game. I don't know whether I 100% agree against Leicester because I, because I think, you know, coming into the season, what difference does it make if you're six points off the top or or nine points compared to winning a trophy? You know, I, I think that'll come out in the wash, won't it, at the end of the season, whether they win the wrong game. So, personally, I, I think they do have to win more competitions. To go back to your original question to Doily, I, I mean, I, I think he was right in saying, look, Liverpool were always going to be the Arsenal to City United, weren't they? Because they've just got the resources to go again every year to, to expand their squad. They don't have to cut their cloth accordingly in, in, in some windows. They don't have to be careful. They can take gambles on signings. And, you know, I look at one of my biggest frustrations, you look at someone like Thiago and I saw a, a tweet or it might have been Instagram post after after the, the Leicester game the other night saying, Liver, Liverpool, have, Thiago's started six games for Liverpool alongside Fabinho in midfield and they've not lost a single game. And I, and I thought... It was like in praise of Thiago, but I I just think, but that's the problem, isn't it? You know, sorry, the, the six games that he's he's not started, yeah. they, they have one, and and I thought, well, that that's the problem, isn't it? Thiago needs to start more games, and you know, it's the same for him. It's the same for Cater. You know, yeah, a lot of people saying Kita came on and changed the game against Leicester in the three three, but to me, we spent fifty million on a midfielder who doesn't start enough. He should be playing every week if he's that good, and his problem is he'll leave Liverpool and he's playing in, what, 30% of the games or 40% of the games of the season. It's not enough. And the, the best signings Liverpool have made in recent years play almost every game. Salah does, Mane does, Van Dijk does. Fabian Andy Robertson plays Robinson. a hell of a lot. Andy Robertson plays a hell of a lot. You know, the, these guys don't miss football. And and you've got people like Keita and Thiago who just miss far too many matches. And that's why Adam was so good. And to me, they're the different, difference makers for Liverpool because you look, you're going on Sunday now with No Thiago because he's struck down by another injury problem. And you know, you, you need you need consistency, you need people to stay fit if you're gonna win titles. And um I think that's the difference.
1: Yeah, that's kind of I suppose brings us back round to that point of where this is maybe falling away for Liverpool have saying to Doyley before being dismissed out of hand immediately is, was the squad prepared? Right, because some of those players aren't durable to the level of which others have been. And certainly in, in recent weeks, Matt, it's felt as though in that midfield there's been an awful lot of disruption. It's easy to say, where was the Vine Alden replacement? But why wasn't maybe more done to keep him around someone who could have been able to, to play through those games? And don't think you're getting away without being able to uh, defend the League Cup as well, Matt. I know how much you love it.
2: <laughs> well yeah I mean look at this at this point in the competition I think you've got to take it got to take it seriously I think if you can get to a, a semi-final by making a few changes which is what Liverpool have done then obviously at that point you, you definitely definitely go for it and, and see what happens and Liverpool should be right up there in terms of the favourites obviously at this point in the competition so yeah it'd be interesting to see what Klopp does with that obviously with the, the Shrewsbury game in between as well as bit of an opportunity to have a bit of, of rotation in there I think so yeah 100% on on that point I think I think Joe's spot on as well with obviously the uh, the injuries the the state of, of the squad I think it's it's always interesting when people say oh you know Manchester City have, have got a huge squad list they've got all of these players I think they've only got a, a relatively small squad but it's it's 19 or, or so absolute top quality 50 million pound players and it's not necessarily they've got sort of two in every area or they've got loads of of players in every area it's more a case of the ones that they've got you know that you can rely upon and i think that that's what liverpool are asking for isn't it that's what when fans say you know genuine alden replacement and, and things like that i remember I can't remember who it was that, that asked him, but someone said in, in the summer, you know, about a one Wijnaldum replacement in a press conference. And, and Jurgen Klopp kind of said, well, what what do you want from a midfielder? What what do you think? And I know there was there was kind of a conversation at the time of, you know, should it be more goals? Should it be X, Y or Z? And I think fundamentally, the, the first thing is that they are available a little bit more. And it's it, it's something that people have said for a long time. It's not sort of, it's nothing new. It's It's nothing sort of, groundbreaking but I think that's that's what Manchester City have got this season and I suppose that the only thing that, that stops me saying this 100% is is the difference obviously is that City haven't really had much uh, of an impact in terms of their squad with Covid yet obviously that could still happen over the next couple of weeks if if they have a similar situation they have two or three players missing suddenly things can look a little bit different I think they've maybe been slightly fortunate in that regard but at the same time they've got you know a lot of, of quality and a lot of reliable options obviously they've, they've integrated these players very well and I think that's that's kind of the, the difference isn't it they've got kind of a similar number of players almost but it, it's more players that you can rely upon and when you combine that as I say with a little bit of luck in terms of, of positive tests and, and so on up to this point at least I think that's probably the, the key difference between the two teams
1: yeah, our former esteemed colleague James Pearce, I think, was the one who asked that question about the the midfield options and was asked who would he sign and this, that and the other. And I suppose with City on the point on, that was the year Liverpool did win the title, was the year they were beset with injuries at the heart of defence, certainly I Merrick Laporte following year when I got Ruben Diaz as well as Laporte coming back but as much as that was a therapy session for you guys and I enjoyed listening in let's uh let's talk about the the high points of 2021 of course there have been lows the, the run at Anfield at the start of the year wasn't great but in terms of high points Stoily what was your favourite moment covering the Reds through the calendar year?
3: Probably in about nine hours when it finishes <laughs> uh, you, knew <laughs> you knew that was coming that was too easy that was far too I easy I set that. them up sorry. yeah sorry yeah. <laughs> hey, right well um, most of it's been awful most of it's been awful uh, certainly the first five months so you can discount all the way apart from Alison's header against against West Brom and you can discount the whole of everything up until August um, after that Salah's goal up against Man City as well at Westbrook, his uh, goal well at Watford, sorry, was even funnier. So because of the reaction of the crowd. Um <clears throat> obviously winning five nil at Man United's always good for, for Liverpool, especially when you're five nil up after about an hour and then you can just pass the ball around and United can't get anywhere near them. Winning four one at Everton, you can't knock that. But yeah, otherwise it's not you know, it's not been great, has it? I, I know people say like, Oh, you're so miserable, but it's just <laughs> <laughs> I, I still I still haven't got over last season, I'll be honest. I was having this conversation the other day with somebody, I think it was Sean actually, earlier this month, and I just still haven't got over I still haven't got over last season. Just it's just and I,
1: I, that goes back to the point. What being that,
3: yeah, that, that goes back to the point they were saying earlier about the fans not turning up for some of the games. There's some I think have just fell out of love with it and I'm not saying I've gone that far, but I do think that it's it's not back to the way it should be. Is it? If we're being honest, I mean, the fans being back was good for the first couple of games, but then what? Unfortunately, has happened, which has been interesting actually in a way is that not just talking Liverpool, just talking generally. Look what's happened in France, for example. They're getting crowd violence all the time every single week, and their fans were away for a year. Same with same with here I mean, that's not happened in 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 most other countries, but. You know, we we're having conversations about negative things to do with fans, like the you know, the, the things that Leicester were chanting the other the other day, and they were chanting at, at Anfield as well. They've not been the only ones either, and there's been issues that, you know, well, Liverpool had issues didn't it, at Norwich in the first game of the season, but with, with what was being said about Billy Gilmore, so and then Norwich are having issues with their own fans about what they're saying to Billy Gilmore, so, you know, it, it's it, it is there's stuff, and obviously it's to do with the whole of society and the way things have changed over the past you know, 18 months, two years because of coronavirus, but it's not back to what it was. Will it ever be back to that? Well, We don't know for sure. It'll just be different, won't it? And I think, can't speak for anybody else, but I'm still adjusting to the difference and not quite there yet. Sorry.
1: 2021, the year Ian Doyle found even more cynicism. Eh? Is that It's not cynicism,
3: you'd... actually. It's not cynicism. It's genuine, <laughs> heartfelt, you know, cynicism would just be, you know, coming out with any kind of nonsense. At least I've given reasons for it. Yeah, you know, I know I'm not. I know I'm not the only one either. Which is why, when the high points happened, like Alison's header, it was like, well, that was hilarious. It's like I'm not saying it was worth the previous nine months, but it was very, very funny. And um, above anything else, and as I've said before, I said this before, I said this before it even happened. I said that Liverpool finishing, well, in the top four, they ended up finishing third, didn't they, last season? Was a bigger achievement than the getting the Champions League final in 2018. I remember saying that in like January, February, if they did it. And there's been nothing to change my mind on that. And if anything, this season, they've kind of been, what is it, over, overachieved a little bit, I think. was it They've lost two games in 37. I mean, that's, you know, in, in, in most other seasons, you'd be miles away at the top of the league. But, you know, as I said, with City. But what was interesting, funny joke kind of reminded me of just what you were saying before, is that after 19 games last season, Liverpool were six points off the top of the league and United were top. And this season, exactly the same again. But I'm pretty sure that Liverpool aren't going to fall away Like what happened last season so i do think they're going to do better in the second half of the season they'll make a fist of a title challenge but as i've said it would take something remarkable to happen to man city such as 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 matt's points out they could get hit by you know by covid outbreak i hope they don't for their sake but you know it it might happen but might get hit by injuries you never know but as things stand at the moment you'd expect them to just run away with the title now
1: the blood red podcast from the liverpool echo Yeah, cool. All right. Doyle's dealt with there, our 2021 review and 2023 preview there in the <laughs> full five minutes show. I suppose it has, though, been a calendar year just of moments. On the whole, it has been quite subdued. But along the way, there is, has been Alison's goal at West Brom. Obviously, the, the bigger way wins over United and Everton. And certainly for the first half of this season, just the form of Mohamed Salah. If that can't bring a smile to your face, even Ian Doyle's, then surely, surely something's up.
0: Well, uh, do you know what? I, I I totally agree with Dorian, And actually, he, up to the end of what he was talking about there, I actually felt a bit sorry for him. So, <laughs> it shows, never, you know, never,
3: never feel sorry for me. Never no, feel no. sorry for me.
0: Never. But, but, but he, he's absolutely right. You know, the, the first half of the year was just football was just awful, wasn't it? But I think sometimes we have to remember that when you follow Liverpool, it's easy, isn't it, to, to sort of at the moment as well with, with Man City set such a high bar and you know every defeat feels like the absolute end of the world but like Dordie's just said two defeats and what was it 37 and and along the way a 5-0 win at Old Trafford, a 4-2 win at Old Trafford, a 4-1 win at Goodison Park you know like these types of results that some football clubs talk about for years and years on end you know I, I think sometimes we have to remember that we have some really really good times and you know, and we get to watch some really, really good performances. So, you know, that there has been in a year that most people would say in, in Klopp's reign, at least probably one of the worst years in, in Klopp's reign. You've got three three big wins there that, you know, everyone will have enjoyed. But Addison's header I mean, I, how anyone could look past that as the moment of 2021 for the pool is just, you know, it, it felt like relief at the end of a long, pretty rubbish season. Um for a guy who'd been through a lot, deserved it. Um, you know, it was everything that happened afterwards, the teammates' reaction, his emotional interview, which was just one of the best football interviews you'll, you'll ever see. Um, you know, and, and for me personally, Doyley didn't ruin it. It was one, one game that I hadn't <laughs> had to watch um, with Twitter open, working with the computer and see Ian Doyle and Neil Jones ruin the goal. So, you know, for me, I actually watched the goal in real time go in. Um, which was which was remarkable and it, it was from a goalkeeper. So so um, it, it was a remarkable moment. I actually remember that I, I was just watching it in the living room with my lad and jumped up and celebrated because you don't often jump up in your living room. But when Alison puts on in the top corner in the last minute, you can't really help it. And um, my two-year-old lad was running around the room as well, wondering why daddy was so excited. But it was a hell of a moment. And, and, and you know, if anything else, we've got that, haven't we? So 2021... Pretty rubbish, but two or three really nice memories to go along with it. There's two, yeah.
3: there's two things I've forgotten, and I'm sorry to bring these up. The first one is the European Super League in April. What on earth?
0: We're oh, thinking about are. there? Yeah.
3: I mean, really? I mean, it wasn't just FSG, but it was all of them. And That could only have happened with no fans in the ground because if there'd been any kind of suggestion, they well, I was at Leeds, wasn't I? The follow, uh, was it the following day? I think it was the following day, and they had the, the kind of the yeah. protest outside. Well, you know, there's about two hundred people there, but they kind of, they made the point point. <laughs> during the game you could hear them outside as well, some bloke playing a saxophone, a bit weird. Yeah, you but know, just for <laughs> well,
1: the Manchester the Manchester just, United game didn't
3: Well, this you. is the thing at the Man United game, the other that was the other one where sat outside for three stood outside for three hours waiting to get in for a game that didn't happen. It's like you know. I, sorry to make that about me there, but another uh, yeah. the other interesting thing, and about the
1: deco bus, that,
3: yeah, and and the other interesting, yeah, the deco bus. But the the other interesting thing about that is they, where we were stood outside, they the fans who'd been on the pitch, some of them they brought through. You know, there's no police; it was just stewards just brought them through. And one of them was like carrying a Tesco carrier bag. It's like he'd gone shopping. I thought, I know what I'll do next. I'll just get on the pitch at Old Trafford. You know, and then they'll go finish me big shop for this week. It's like it was like that. Just some, this that some. The first like eight, seven, eight months of the year, up. was like, "What on earth is going on here?" Basically.
1: Yeah, no, definitely, definitely, Matt. What about yourself? Are you with these guys? It's been a miserable year all around.
2: Yeah, you, you can't look past Allison's goal, can you, for, for all of of the reasons we outlined at the time and have outlined plenty of, of times since. I think it's it, it's a goal that people are just going to randomly kind of remember for the next 50 or more years, isn't it? It's just going to be, oh, do you remember when Allison scored that goal? How mad was that? And I think it's it's fitting, isn't it, that it comes in a year, like the, the guys have said, where there's just been some some crazy things that have, have happened that you wouldn't really believe were, were possible. And I think that was was one of them at, at the positive end of the, the spectrum. So, yeah, mm-hmm. hard to, to look past Allison's goal. I think, it, to be honest, even if, you know, a centre-back or a, a striker or whoever had, had headed that ball, it, it was a brilliant header. The fact that it was Allison just, you know, absolutely incredible. So, yeah, you, you can't really look past that, I don't think.
3: It was no, also the last goal that was scored in behind closed doors by any team in, in, in England, in the, certainly in the Premier League. I think it was the last goal scored because they fo- the, the, changed the rules, didn't they, the following day where mm-hmm. they were allowed 10,000 in. So, yeah, it was the the last prime, team, yeah. almost the last touch of the miserable time.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. I suppose even one player, I suppose it kind of sums up 2021, was Harvey Elliott, the breakthrough he made, and then the injury he sustains kind of just it goes with keeping of the year. And what a player he may well have been, and how pivotal he could have perhaps have been for, for Liverpool in these last recent weeks, and hopefully won't be too long before he's back. Matt, I'm going to come straight back to you for Sunday's game. Stamford Bridge against Chelsea. Is this just a shootout now then, as who can hang on to Man
2: City? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's up to both teams to, to put the pressure on, isn't it? There's there's, there's a glimmer of hope in Liverpool and, and Chelsea as well. They've got to kind of cling to that as much as possible. I think Liverpool are, are better suited to doing that than Chelsea, to be honest. I think we've started to see a couple of, of maybe little chinks in, in Chelsea over the, the last sort of maybe month maybe just a little bit longer there's been a couple of, of results where they haven't maybe looked quite as impressive I think all season you know goal scoring has been a, a bit of an issue for them I think that the interview or I mean the, the interview with Romelu Lukaku I believe was recorded about two or three weeks ago obviously the the timing of that coming out this week hasn't probably been best for, for them in terms of preparing for it I know it's not something that Thomas Tuchel is particularly impressed with I just think there's maybe one or two elements of, of Chelsea now which makes me think that they will be third in in the race and i thought that to to be honest at at the start of the season i think we thought that that city and liverpool would be the ones most likely to be one and two and it was a case of of which way around that will be i think yeah i think for for all of these teams it's just a case of getting as close as you can to manchester city if there's any kind of of slip up capitalizing upon that and it'll be interesting i think actually in the the latter stages of, of the champions league what happens i think for me, City, Chelsea, Liverpool right up there amongst the favourites, probably with, you know, one or two other teams in there as as well from abroad. But I do wonder if there might come a point maybe sort of March time if if Chelsea are a few points behind, they might start to to look more at, at Europe than, than at the Premier League and, and maybe start to prioritize one or two of those games. So it'd be interesting. I, I still think, you know, City, Liverpool, Chelsea is is the most likely kind of scenario. But I'm sure Jurgen Klopp and his players would say the same thing. There's, there's a long way to go in the title race and Liverpool just have to put as many wins as possible together as they possibly can.
1: Yeah, we're going to do our team selector in a bit, Dolly, but I suppose it's nigh on impossible, isn't it, sometimes to try and pick these teams? Because Jurgen Klopp starting his press conference today by saying there are yet more kind of cases that they're having to deal with and more players who are unavailable.
3: Yeah, that's what made me, I was going to say something when Matt said before about, <clears throat> yeah, how's, how's Klopp going to rotate me between the two Arsenal games with Shrewsbury? It's like, rotate what? With who? There's no one left, you know. Uh, I'm sure you've, you've spoken about postponements in the past in terms of, you know, because Klopp was asked, he says, look, we've got no plans of, of trying to ask for the game to be postponed on Sunday. Um, not sure whether that might change in the next couple of days if they get more positive cases, but I'm the opinion, just play it, play all of them. I think, every, I think most of the clubs that have had them postponed I think, just doing it for their own best interests. Some of them, like, I'd imagine Leeds, to be fair, had a massive injury list. And I think even without COVID, they possibly might have got one of the games called off. But then Man City benefited from it because they absolutely thrashed them. What was it, 7-0 when they had half a team out? And whatever the threshold was, by the time Liverpool meant to play them, they had to call the game off. Who knows what... Condition leads Liverpool being when they actually play the game. That's not just them though. Look at, for example, I think it's on Sunday. Southampton are meant to be playing Newcastle, you know, which is a big game at the bottom of the table. And Southampton have, you know, done the last game they drew with Tottenham, didn't they? So they've they found, I wouldn't say they found a bit of form, but they certainly got a good result. And they got a little bit of momentum. And now Newcastle just because they've had a few injuries, I think they've opened themselves up to the suggestion that they're just calling it off because. They've got players injured, and some of them have to be their best players, and that's the lack of the lack of transparency is is leading to that. So the only well, the, the only way round it told is told
1: riches, and the transfer window opens. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, by the time they yeah. this answer,
3: they might have yeah. got about two hundred million pounds worth of talent. You know, so that answer might be yeah. fuming about it. So there is that. I mean, there's what it could go one or two ways. Transparency, talent. No, don't mention the names of the players, but say how many players have got coronavirus, how many are injured, or just play the games. Why have you spent millions of pounds in your academies? Play the youngsters. These young, you know, some of these youngsters might be, you know, livid, going, "Great, I've got a great chance of playing here," and it's like, "Oh no, they've called the game up." So, I don't know.
1: What was the question? <laughs> i was just saying it's going to be difficult to pick a team, isn't it? Because well, it I, I think we could probably
3: yeah. have a good guess, but yeah, you're right because we do know that there's every chance that come Sunday there'll be about another two or three players. That's just the way things are going at the moment. You know, whether whether or not the game should be called off, I just said completely different matter.
1: Yeah, it's a game, I suppose, Joe, off the back of Leicester and losing that, albeit saying before the performance actually wasn't all too bad, that it's two sides who don't really find themselves in great form. And Jurgen Klopp did speak about Chelsea's woes as well. They seem to be having a lot of problems, certainly with their wing-backs, both Ben Chilwell and Rhys James injured. So normally you'd say there's maybe a chance to get at them, but with Liverpool's own woes, we're not really all too sure.
0: Well, that's it, isn't it? You know, we don't quite know who's going to be available. Um, you know, Liverpool's midfield looks like it's it's gonna suffer. Um yeah, it's it, it's really interesting, isn't it? And and it's hard to sort of make a caller. You you talk about picking teams, I don't know who I'm I'm gonna who I can pick, you know. So it's hard to sort of make a caller. Liverpool's done all right. Stamford Bridge, haven't they, in recent years? And I actually feel more confident going to Chelsea than I than I do watching Liverpool play at home because I, I think Chelsea can play a slightly different style. Um when they come to Anfield, so yeah, I mean, I, I quite fancy Liverpool, you know, in a way to hit back, but it's hard to know who's going to be available, isn't it? And as Tony says, 24 hours can change everything, especially, you know, this, this variant does seem to be quite aggressive and you know, it, it feels like anyone could test positive in the next 48 hours, couldn't it? and suddenly that game could might not go ahead. It, it'd be interesting to know, I don't know whether the Premier League put this out, I certainly haven't seen it, if they have, um, but you know, what is the threshold? Are they saying, you know, if you've got seven COVID you have cases to have, in your first No, ball? you
1: have to have 13 players and a goalkeeper.
0: 13 players and a goalkeeper. But then, it's a 14, yeah. But then so, yeah, but academy players, do they do those players have to be over a certain age? Uh, they, no, they, I think
3: they, they have to played one game, don't they? Yeah, they, 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 they class play it one as anyone yeah. who's
1: played one game. So, is it Harvey yeah. Blair who played at, at Preston in the League Cup? He, so yeah, would, he would count. He would count. Yeah. yeah, he would count. Yeah, he yeah. would have to be considered within that number.
0: It's just interesting, isn't it? Because I do think, I agree with Doyle, you know, it feels like there might be some clubs that are timing it quite well. Um, you know, some clubs who've got no choice, you know, other clubs, it, it seems to be within their gift, doesn't it, to say we'll, we'll try and crack on and, and play this game. You know, I wonder whether Liverpool will probably try and crack on because if this got postponed and rearranged, then that could be a rearrange for the middle of January when Liverpool have got players away at the African Cup of Nations. So I'm sure they weren't too pleased about the Leeds game being postponed so, you know, it's difficult and it will have an impact on the title race. And, and you know, uh, City have had a bit of luck so far. They've obviously already got a big squad, you know. Um, so it, it will have an impact. And, you know, Chelsea seem to be, of the, of the three, seems to have been hit hardest. You know, it did seem to be. I know they've spent a lot of money and they've got a lot of, a lot of players, but they seem to be forced to play the other day, didn't they, um, on Boxing Day, was it? So, yeah, it's it's just... A bit chaotic at the moment, isn't it? I was surprised they didn't just try and call it off for two weeks, but maybe that wouldn't have made any difference and and they'd still come back and other teams have been hit by it. The
1: Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Yeah, yeah, I don't think they have um, the yeah, room in the calendar.
0: I'm, I'm looking yeah. for. I'm looking forward to well, kind of whose fault is that? Whose fault is that, that? Who's, who's yeah, yeah, that? Yeah. they don't have the room in the calendar? The th- no. thing is, it? it's like, oh, we don't have the room, but you know, it's because they're trying to force that many tournaments in, and we've got a World Cup at the end of next year that we're we're throwing in in the middle of the season. So, you know, I I love all these old school pundits who go, oh, "Why is Klopp complaining?" It's like there isn't a minute. You know, there isn't a minute to stop. Is there at the moment? It seems to be football, 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 and.
3: The football, never <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the football
0: never stops, yeah, yeah. And, and, and then in doing so, it means that when things like this happen, they have absolutely no wiggle room. It's like, well, where, where do you play the games? We can't have a two week break because there really isn't a two week break from now until the end of 2029. 20, so, you know, it's um, they've only got themselves to blame,
1: yeah. No, look forward to March, April, maybe Tuesday. Thursday, Sunday games for every team in the Premier League and yeah, they're oh, being no stop whatsoever.
3: Burnley can go top 40 with the games in hand.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, anyway, let's get into our team selector then ahead of the trip to Stamford Bridge. Uh, Doily, you can, you can start us off goalkeeper and back four.
3: Right, well, okay, right. There's three players who are new players who've got COVID. We don't know the names of them officially. However, we do know that Alison and Firmino weren't training on Thursday. So, using my A-level maths of taking two and putting two together and coming up with four, that kind of basic do that A-level?
1: I thought you said what?
3: it was three, mate. <laughs> no, oh, no, I'm just, I'm just saying two plus two is <laughs> four, you know, oh, using the yeah. so I can actually count, yeah. <laughs> yeah, using that kind of logic. I um, got an A-level A maths, yeah.
0: No, I so said, did you do that at A-level?
3: What? I didn't think two. they were about three, anything. Yeah, 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 that was how you started, yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> Right, so I'm going to put Keller in goal right. um, and then it'll be, it's got to be Simic at left back, Trent right back. I'm going to go with Van Dijk and I'm going to go with Kanate because okay. I do believe that a little bit of strength and speed up against Lukaku and uh, that, because I'm telling you now Lukaku will be absolutely massively up for it. On Sunday, totally. Not like, be dropped, no? no, no chance, no chance. They'll they'll build an entire team around him just in one day, right? So that's what'll happen. So, uh, so yeah, that's the back foot and the keeper.
1: Okay, Joe, do you agree with that, or you're going to change it?
0: Broadly, yeah. I mean, it's it's difficult, isn't it? I, Doily's logic for the Canate is absolutely spot on, but Martin was one of the players I think that, that emerged from Leicester with a fair bit of credit. So so it feels harsh, but then when you take into account he. Doesn't have the best fitness record, albeit the season he's done well. Two games in the, you know, those that amount of days. Probably, he probably will put Canard in, yeah. Um And I agree, yeah. I think Lukaku would play; would be up for it. But by the way, he's a bloody disgrace, isn't he? I I'd hate him if he plays for Liverpool. I just think, why do you need to always do interviews about how you feel? He's, you know, he leaves Inter and then bangs on about how much he loves the fans. If you love them that much, why was he banging on about going back to Chelsea? Moves it into why does he bang? On? It's just. You know, just what
1: about
0: when one? he was on Merseyside? Uh, every every international, every international break. break, and then it, and it's like he still says things like, "Oh, I love, love the Everton fans. I'd love to go. You know, maybe I can see myself. How many clubs does he can he see himself going back to between now and the end of his career? By the way, how long, you know, how long
3: was it? Everton was it three years or four? Three uh, or four? Was on loan for a year, wasn't yeah. it? And he was. That. I think yeah. it's, he was quite clearly the best player at the time. Yeah. By the way, yeah, yeah. Because
1: yeah.
3: yeah. yeah. I was covering Everton, and it was just funny that I was like, he's quite clearly the best player for Everton, and did one or two. That my colleagues were like, "No, he's lazy, he's rubbish, he's this, that, and the other." Well, he's gone on to play for Man United, Inter Milan, and Chelsea, and he's won loads of trophies. So I think I think he's won that particular argument.
0: He's a super player. Don't be wrong. I like him, but he's a pain. I just wouldn't be able to. I wouldn't be able to stomach the constant interviews. And
3: no, we we would love the constant interviews as long as they were with me. <laughs> <laughs> that would involve actually speaking yeah. to a footballer. Imagine yeah, that, that. They eh? would not be because it's always
0: <laughs> it's always back to the um to, to the foreign media when he's on international duty, at least. So. So, right. anyway, anyway. Yeah, moving about, about, on. Moving yeah, on. <laughs> yeah. What, what about? Uh, what about you, mate? What, what do you see for the Liverpool
1: defence?
2: Yeah, I, I agree with the guys. I think there's there's a good sort of argument really for for Canate, but I probably just edge towards Joel Matip I think for obviously the, the reasons of him being just so experienced I, I know there's obviously the edge in, in physicality for, for Canate but I don't think it would be a real worry at all to, to put Matip in so yeah Simikas, Van Dijk, Matip and Trent and obviously Allison. if he is there will play if not he'll be Callahan.
1: Uh Stick with you Matt then what about the midfield?
2: So midfield, uh, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Without Thiago, I think is, is a big miss. Obviously, Fabinho, Henderson, and then one more, isn't it? So, I mean, Navigator didn't particularly do brilliantly midweek, possibly would would go with him. Oxlade-Chamberlain's an option. James Milner, but would you fancy him from the start? Probably not. I think I'd, I'd probably edge towards Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain on the basis of the last couple of weeks, but... Yeah, it's it's not a particularly easy decision, I don't think.
1: Yeah, what about yourself, Joe? you going with Ox and then Henderson
0: and Fabinho or I'm, I'm tempted to go with Cato because I think I think he could use the ball quite well in their final third to try and open Chelsea up. But, you know, oxlade Chamberlain, I thought, played quite well in the first half at Leicester, has played well in recent weeks. Um <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna add sword cater. I've just got a funny feeling um, that I think he could he could be quite quite good there. Um so yeah, um I will go with Cater, but oh, harsh on to him, I think was played quite well.
3: Right, off, I thought Fabinho was really poor against yeah. uh, Leicester oh, because he just often gave... is
1: when he comes back in though, isn't
3: he? I think it was more to do with the fact that he didn't want to get booked to miss this game, and now of course wasn't his fault but this game isn't quite as important as it could have been had Liverpool actually beaten Leicester so that didn't exactly you know that was a, it didn't exactly work but I think he's got to play I think Henderson's got to play as well and I go with Cater purely on the basis that he's not going to be there for a
1: couple of weeks so he's fit play him. Right okay. Joe what about the front three then?
0: Well as we we were talking about before Firmino wasn't in the training picture so he could be one of the, the three with COVID so just got to be Jotham Mane and Salah, and yeah, uh, you know Salah and Mane are off, aren't they? Soon anyway, so uh, I don't think we'll have much choice either. Minamino's still injured, norigi's injured, um, so yeah, um, Joseph, Mane, Salah, and Harvey Blair coming off the bench.
1: What about yourself, Matt? You in agreement? It has to be those three.
2: Yeah, I mean, if, if Firmino is fit, I'd be very tempted to, to take Sadio Mane out. I think he's had a, a difficult couple of weeks. I'd be tempted to play Jota left, Firmino central and Salah off the right. But look, if, if Jurgen Klopp's hands are forced, as we think he might uh, obviously be missing for, for uh, Firmino for this one, um, I think it, it's going to be a case of, of Mane having to go again. But I know there's obviously the, the case for him going off to AFCON and, and you just play him anyway. But I think for this one, I'd have been tempted to take him out, but probably there won't be any choice.
1: OK, then. What about then into the uh, score predictions? And uh, I'll go with you first, Joe. You can tell us what the score's going to be at Stamford Bridge, 4.30 kick-off. Am I, am I playing with no forwards then? Oh, sorry. Sorry, I thought I'd actually <laughs> already asked you. What about, what about your team then? Go on, then.
3: Uh, <laughs> Well, Kate Gordon, Harvey Blair. Uh, no, no, not really. Uh, no, I think, again... Unlike Matt, I think Mane has got to play because he's not going to be there for the best part of a month. Salah's got to play. If Firmino is available, I will play him instead of Jota, but as we don't think that he will be. I think it's going to have to be
1: Diogo. Right, OK then. Joe, I'll ask you now then. What's the score going to be? I'm
0: going to say, look, I think the four will win. Um, I think they'll win 2-1. And and, Mane is 4-1 because I I, I fancy him to score on Sunday only because he's, he's... You know, people always talk about how poor man is, but you think about it, he's still a constant menace to any team that he plays against. He never hides. He always makes runs. He always, you know, whether he makes the wrong decisions at the end of it, he always seems to be the player who's causing teams problems. So, for me, you know, I I just think he's still a big part of what Liverpool do, even when he's poor. You know, I still think he's he's better than the alternative, which is to put Firmino in. I still prefer Mane in the team. So, I think Liverpool win. I think Mane will score.
1: Okay, What about yourself then, Matt? Scoreline?
2: I'm going to be quite pessimistic about this weekend. I think Man City will batter Arsenal and I think Liverpool-Chelsea will be one each.
1: Brilliant stuff. Looking forward to that then.
2: Doily,
3: score. (laughs) I'm not surprised. But Forget their injuries and and the COVID situation at Chelsea. Even before then, they were getting some iffy results. They drew one all with Everton's. Z-team by almost, didn't they, um, the other week? That was at home. I think they drew Burnley as well. Uh, uh, drew United and jammed it against Leeds. And I think, personally, I think they've been jamming it for most of the season. I mean, there's nothing wrong with scoring goals through defenders or set pieces or from penalties. But, you know, it's Jorginho, their top scorer again. He can't uh, be far off. He can't Him far or Rhys James, isn't it? Yeah, yeah is. so I think Liverpool, if they get their game plan right, Irrelevant to whoever they have playing out there, unless they get loads of cases between now and Sunday, I mean. Um, I think Liverpool should win. And they might even win pretty, not comfortably, but I, I think it may be a game where it out underlines the class or exposes, I should say, the class between, what I think is the class between the two teams. It's just a shame that both teams can't be at full strength because I think that game would have would have been you know more indicative, even more so. So I think Liverpool will win 2-0.
1: Right, okay then. That sums us up for 2021 then here on the uh, Blood Red podcast. Hopefully it's a uh, more prosperous 2022 and plenty more to look forward to enjoy to be had in the next calendar year for the Reds. But from myself, Guy Clark, Matt Addison, Joe Rimmer and the joyful Ian Doyle, thanks for your time and your company. It's bye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.